message tonight because I'm real concerned about a lot of things. And uh, I wanted to be a blessing to you. So if you would please turn to Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22. And I'll begin reading verse 1. Acts 22 verse 1. My men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept it more silent. And he said, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Silica, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous towards God, as you all are this day. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prison both men and women. <clears throat> and also the high priest doeth bear me witness in all his state of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell into the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecuted. And they that were with me saw indeed the light, and were afraid, and they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there shall be told thee all things which are appointed for thee to do. Pray with me. Father, I pray in Jesus' name tonight that you would help us to understand that we have a job to do as Christians and we've got to be about our business. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there are several lessons can be learned here from these verses. Verse 10 said, And I said, What shall I do, Lord? There are two tremendous important questions Paul asked at his conversion here in chapter 22. The first question is found in verse 8. And I answered and said, Who art thou, Lord? Now I want you to go back to verse 8 with me and I'll show you something. And I answered and said, Who art thou? Notice a little comma. That means you slow down a minute. Then the next word is Lord. That's where he got saved, between who art thou and Lord. And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecuted. Now, <coughs> notice this question has to do with salvation. A person cannot be saved in the camp until he believes in the virgin birth, uh, divine Son of God, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's impossible to be saved and deny the deity of Christ. Simply because to deny the deity of Christ, to deny the authority of the Scriptures. Now, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? I do. I believe every word in it is the Word of God. And so if I believe the Bible is the Word of God, the Bible says that Jesus was virgin born. 
So you, if you believe the Bible, then you believe Jesus was virgin born. You can't believe the Bible is God's Word then and deny the virgin birth. If Jesus was not miraculously conceived of the Holy Ghost and divinely sent by the God the Father, He could not save you and I simply because we have to have a perfect sin sacrifice if we're going to heaven. Somebody's got to pay for our sins. We can't do it. It's like a man I was talking to one day, and he was talking about this man could forgive him his sins. I said, sir, a sinner can't do anything for a sinner. Amen? It takes a holy God to do something for a sinner, and Jesus is that holy God. Now, when a person gets saved, when you get it settled in your heart that Jesus is your Savior, the second question always enters the heart. Verse 10. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? Now, the Lord's answer is found in verse 10. And the Lord said unto me, Arise, go into Damascus, and there shall be told thee all things which are appointed for thee to do. Now, notice two important things told here. One, Jesus told Paul, I have something for you to do. Now, I believe that every born-again saved person God has something personally for you to do. I, I laugh at people all the time. I talk about winning people to Christ, getting people saved, and they want to say, that's a preacher's job. No, it's not. It's every child of God's job. It is my job. It is every preacher's job. But it's every child of God's job. Now, the Christian responsibility is soul winning, prayer, Bible study, separation from the world, tithing, giving for the work of the Lord and getting the gospel out. And you can go on and other many other things the Bible teaches us that after we say we're saved for a purpose. Paul said, what would you have me to do? And Jesus told him, the Bible gives the answer. There are four things the Bible says you and I as Christians are to do and to be. Number one, every Christian is to be a worker in God's vineyard. Now turn over with me to Matthew chapter 21 for just a minute. Matthew chapter 21, and I want to begin to read in verse 28. But what thank ye? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But after he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Where of them twain did the will of his father? They said to him the first. Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Now remember, he's talking to the Pharisees here. Now, one said, I go, sir, but they never went. The other said, I'm not going, but yet he repented and went. There are four simple truths taught in this one statement. That is, the who, what, when, where of Christian service. Now remember what we started off with. God has something for every child of God to do after you're saved. I don't care who you are. If you're born again, if you're saved in the family of God, God's got something special for you to do. The who, it is a son who has to go to work for the Lord. You know what that tells me? God never asks the unsaved person to do anything except trust Him as Savior. He never asks the unsaved to serve Him. 
all the ever, ever asked unsaved person is, is to trust Him as their Savior and, and from the sin. Saved people are the only people who can work for the Lord Jesus Christ then. Second is when. Son, go work today in my vineyard. Just think for a minute, all the good intentions, all the excuses Christians have and make for not serving the Lord. But Jesus says, Son, go work today in my vineyard. If you intend to do anything then for the Lord, the Bible says that you got to start today. Now, the third answer is the where of Christian service. So, Son, go work today in my vineyard. Some Christians serve everything in life except the Lord. The greatest work of all time is anything that can do that can help the Lord's work. The the what of Christian service, what are we as Christians to do? Very simple. We're to work for Jesus. One of the challenging verses in the Bible is found in John nine and verse four. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Did you know the moment that you get saved until the moment you die, that's the only time you got to work for the Lord. After you die or if Jesus comes, it's over with. Your work is done. Amen? You can't do anything else for the Lord after that. Now, if you'll notice many times when God's grace is mentioned, example, Ephesians chapter verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not yourself is a gift of God, not a works left any man should boast. But he follows that right up of verse 10, and he says we are to work for the Lord. So grace first, and then works do something for the Lord. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 through 14 says almost the same thing. Did you know there's only one deathbed conversion in the New Testament? Only one, the thief on the cross. That thief had hung on the cross of the Lord. Uh, that day he realized that Jesus was the Christ. And he said that uh, to save him. And Jesus said, This day shall thou be with me in paradise. Now, the very wise old man once said, There is a cure for every disease save one. There's no cure for laziness. Amen? I like to say it. You can't help stupid. I really do. I, I like that. I see a lot of stupid people. I try to help them. You just can't help stupid. You know? But you can't help laziness either. I mean, people that just lay around ain't going to do nothing. Now, I believe the greatest need in the church today is for God's people to work for the Lord. An old country preacher got up and preached a sermon one Sunday. He called the Tater family. He said, many Christians are commentators. All they ever do is just commentate on something. There's so many Christians who are agitators. All they ever do is agitate someone. Then there are many Christians that are dictators. Tell you how to do it, but they ain't going to do it themselves. They'll show you. Then there's a spectator Christians. All they do is watch. And there's a lot of theology wrapped up in that little tater sermon. That Tater family sermon, a lot of common sense. Now I want you to watch this. Every Christian is to be a worker in the Lord's vineyard. Every Christian is to be a witness of His truth. Thirty-three times in the book of Acts you find these words. Witness, witnessed, or witnesses. Many a witness 
to the truth of the work of God. Now, I, when I first got saved, I, all I knew was that I went to a tent revival, a man priest. He showed me how to accept Christ as my Savior in Romans chapter 10. And he talked to me in Romans 6.23, the gift of God is eternal life through the joy. Jesus Christ. I got on my knees, I asked the Lord to save me. That's all I knew. I didn't know anything about heaven or hell. or I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know uh, any of the mean things that I've learned since then. And I, I marvel at these people that say, now you've got to be taught after you're saved before you can be a witness to somebody. No, you don't. Don't you know how you got saved? That's all you got to know. I mean, I can tell you exactly how I got saved. I got, got come forth. I sat on a bench. A man come over. My pastor come over to me. took the Bible. He said, do you know you're going to heaven? I said, I sure hope so. He said, that ain't good enough. And he took the Bible and he asked me one simple question to open up the subject. He said, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? I said, yes, sir, I sure do. And so he went through the Bible and he said, do you believe this verse? Do you believe this verse? And he went down the old Romans road. He showed me I'm a sinner. He showed me I need a Savior. Jesus is the Savior. I accepted Him as my Savior. And Romans 10.13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I asked the Lord to save me. And I know He did. Now, why can't I tell anybody else the same thing? Exactly what happened to me, I can tell somebody else. That's witnessing. That's telling them that's a work of witness. Proverbs 14, verse 25 says, A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. Can I give you something tonight? Did you know that every human being has a soul? And every human being's soul is going to spend somewhere for all eternity. And the Bible says there are only two places. That's hell or heaven. Amen? And I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I want to go to heaven with me. And I tell people all the time, I want you to go to heaven with me. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. A true witness, the Bible says, delivers a soul. Revelation 1 verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness. Now, if you want to be like Jesus then, you got to be a witness. Jesus was faithful at it. A true witness is one who lives their ordinary life uh, being concerned about everyone's soul that they meet. I don't care where it's at. doesn't make any difference. Everybody that you meet, you are to be concerned about their soul and witness to them about how you accepted your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, there's only one Savior, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Every Christian is to be a watchman over soul. Hebrew 13, verse 17. Obey them that have rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account. Now, I've been accused of being a hellfire brimstone preacher, always preaching that Jesus saves, and that's all that i got to say, and all these kind of things. I'm always interested in people's souls. I want to see people saved, and they want me to change that and apologize for that. No, I'm not for this reason. Hebrews 13, verse 17, listen again. Obey them that have rule over you, 
That doesn't mean as a pastor I'm standing up here and I'm just going to make you believe. Now, I can't do that. But all I have to do is preach the Word of God and tell you the truth from God's Word. And the Bible says you're to obey the one that's trying to teach you the truth from the Word of God. And I have this problem all the time. Well, how do I know you're right? How do I know the church down the street ain't right? The one across town ain't right? There's only one way that you judge every preacher and everybody that's a witness. Is it the Jehovah's Witness? Is it the Baptist? Is it the Church of Christ? Is it Catholic? Which is the right witness? It's the one that conforms to the Word of God. If it's not by the Word of God, they're wrong then. And so you listen to a true witness. Now listen to what I'm saying. Every Christian is to be a witness. Now let me show you why that that's true. Turn over to Ezekiel a minute in the Old Testament. Ezekiel chapter 33. <clears throat> and listen to the verse. Ezekiel 33 verse 6. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and they take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, o son of man, I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt bear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou doest not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from him, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Amen? You know what I say? I don't want the blood of no man's soul on my hand. I want to witness to everybody that I'm supposed to witness to and I can witness to. I want to see everybody saved. I want to know they're going to heaven with me. Amen? And it's just as simple as that. And every Christian is to be a watchman over men's souls. A story is told of a little girl that wandered out in a Kansas wheat field one day and could not find her way home because the wheat was higher than a man's head. The daddy mom called the neighbors together to search the weather. Uh, the weather turned bitter cold at night as they each one searched all night. Way into the next day, someone said, Let's all hold hands and cross the wheat field together. Finally, after many hours, someone called out, Here she is, here she is. But when they picked up her lifeless body, it was too late. The cold night had taken her life. And the mother could be heard crying and saying, Would to God we had joined hands before. Would to God we had joined hands sooner. But it's too late. Here's what I'm saying. Wouldn't it be terrible to have a friend, have a brother, have a sister, have a aunt, have a uncle, somebody's close to you, and you didn't witness to it. You didn't tell them about the Lord. You didn't do everything you could to get them saved by God's grace. And one day they went, they died and went to hell. The Bible says their blood's going to be on your hand. But if you witness to them and do the best you can, then it's on their shoulder and not yours. And so our, our job is to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, we're to work. We're to do something for the Lord. I can't stand a lazy person. I just can't. I, I laughed at Barry. Barry. I got Barry to go to my lake place one time and him and B, my grandson, to plant some oak trees. And we went over there and men bought some oak trees from this man. It was just, you know, small, not bad. And I said, now I want to put them right down my driveway here. And uh, Barry said to B, we ain't going to be here long. We plant these oak trees. We'll go out of here and go home. Barry, uh, my grandson said to Barry, evidently you have never working around Pobo. He's going to measure every one of these holes. He's going to measure exactly where he wants them. And we're going to be here all day. You might as well get used to it. <laughs> I want to do it right. Amen. But also, I'm not lazy. I laughed at my first thing my father-in-law said to me. I never will forget it. I was dating my wife. And we was wanting to get married. At least I wasn't. I went to tell. I went over to my father-in-law's to ask him permission uh, for her hand, and I went up to him. And he said, "Well, I declare, there comes a fellow that's not as scared of work." And I thought, "What a compliment! That's good." He said, "Yeah, he'd lay right down beside it, go to sleep." That's the first word he said to me, my father-in-law, and I couldn't believe it. But I'm gonna tell you something. I'd rather be called anything in the world than lazy. I want to be busy. I want to do something for the Lord. And I want to be all the time. And the one thing that God is concerned about that we can do. Did you know there's somebody that you can reach for the Lord that I can't reach? Uh, They look at me and say, that's a preacher. But you can reach somebody that I can't reach. And you know how you do it? Just tell them how you got saved. How good. You know what I like to go around doing all the time? Just telling people how good God's been to me. I mean it. Me and my wife are rejoicing today how good God has been to us and watched over us. Now, I'll tell you something, folks. That's not true to everybody in the world. I was talking to a man here a while back, and I was telling him how good God had been to me. He said, well, I don't understand that. God's never that good to me. And I said, are you saved? Are you a child of God? He said, well, no. I said, then go pray to your father. You know who your father is? If you're not saved, the Bible says he's a devil. And he ain't interested in helping you, buddy. Amen? And your your devilish father is not going to help you. But I'm a child of God, and I can pray to my heavenly father. He blesses me every day. That's why I want people to get saved. I want you to have the same blessings I got. I thought when I was 26 years old, I was like Jacob. I had the world by the tail. I mean, he thinks he's got the world by the tail. Everything's working great right now. And that's, I thought I could... I thought Ronnie Booth always said, you always thought you was nine, ten foot tall and bulletproof. And that's the truth. I didn't think I could do anything wrong or get in trouble that I couldn't get out of. I think I thought everything was going great. I water skied. I... Climb, I'd do anything in the world. I'd go in the mountains and climb, I'd do everything just for excitement to find something to do. And I had it made, I thought. And all the time I was looking for something, I didn't even know what it was. And the night I met the Lord Jesus Christ and asked Him to be my Savior, He began to bless my life in realms that I cannot describe. 
That's the reason I want everybody to have the same Savior that guy. I'm, I'm serious. You talk about happy. Uh, I, I found this little joke book I've been, and everybody's been telling me jokes, and I've been telling them jokes. We've been laughing, having the best time. And people think Christians ought to go around, I'm, I'm having a tough day, you know. I'm a poor, poor, pitiful Christian. Amen. Not me. I'm a happy Christian. I'm a successful Christian. God bless me on every hand. I want to give you that. That's what it's all about. Amen. I got a good Heavenly Father. And He takes care of me. And I, I'd rather tell somebody that and to get them to receive my Savior than anything in the world that I could do. And by the way, I love fishing. I love hunting. I love water skiing. I love all the things that I can enjoy in this world. Amen. But I found something. Without the Lord, there's still emptiness in you. That's the reason there's so many dope addicts and alcoholics and all kind of addicts in the world. You know why? God put an emptiness in our soul without Him. When He comes in, and takes a boat through the Holy Spirit. He fills that void. And then you enjoy life as God intended it to be enjoyed. Amen? I had a man one time say, if you say by the grace of God, why don't you go out and enjoy do whatever you want to? You're saved anyhow. You can do whatever you I said, I do. I do exactly what I want to do. The only difference is God changed my owner. I don't want to do them things. Amen? And that is the best and God wants the best for His people. And I invite anybody I can, come meet my Jesus, accept Him, and then live for Him. Do something for Him. And every day, I'll tell you what you do. If you're a Christian tonight, and you got the mother grubs, and a bad thing's going on, anything, you're just unhappy about something, you go win somebody to Christ, and you'll be a happy person you can think of. I never will forget where I used to live, just one little street down, it was two blocks long. One night I was having a mother grow, I didn't feel good, and the Lord said to me, why don't you get out and go knock on the door and try to win something by the Lord? I said, Lord, it's 10 o'clock at night. People are in bed. And he said, why don't you just go knock on some doors? I got up, I went down that street, just two blocks long. I got to win three people to the Lord that night. Just was knocking on the door, and that little old bitty, just because I listened to the Lord. And I come back singing and having the best time of my life. Amen? There's nothing like it in the world. And I try to tell people that all the time, and I know it's true. I'm 86 years old, been blessed of God every day of my life since I got saved. So accept my Christ, and He can be yours. Amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you take the message tonight. We believe there's many listening. And Lord, I ask that you take the message and deal it to our hearts and help Christians to understand we have a job to do. And that job is not a drudgery. It's a joy and a thrill to see a life change for the glory of God and to be used for your sake. And we ask you, dear God, if somebody that hasn't made that personal decision for Christ, that they can, 
right where they're at. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. God's good. Amen.